as Brother uh, Joseph made it very clear in his prayer, uh, the things that we are discussing this morning, all those things that pertain to eternity. And these are the most important things beyond anything else upon this life, in this life, if you will, upon the earth. Uh, what's most important is that which is concerning eternity. Uh, it is a blessing to be here this morning. God has truly blessed us to be able to come out this morning, especially on these wonderful mornings where we get to acknowledge uh, certain people on certain days where uh, we give them the honor that God says uh, that they are due. Give honor to whom honor it is due. And we're so thankful to be able to give honor to our fathers today. And this is Father's Day, so let me say on behalf of the congregation, on behalf of the leadership, Happy Father's Day uh, to all our brothers uh, who have been uh, on this battlefield striving to uh, rear their family, uh, to uh, continue to plant that seed that will be the next generation, uh, that will be, if you will, uh, the church. Uh, I often say that that generation is the church now, amen. And so we're simply, we're simply uh, uh, giving them the guidance and the direction that they need, uh, that they may be able to be the faithful people of God that God has asked them to be. I want to call your attention very quickly, if we will, over to the book of Kings, 1 Kings uh, chapter uh, 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 2, if you will. I want to just pick up a few thoughts here as we begin to uh, speak on the idea of faith this morning. Our theme this year is an obedient faith, and we have been uh, let there be light, all right? And we have, uh, we have been uh, uh, speaking on uh, various topics that uh, have... Uh, given us an idea of what it means to have an obedient faith. And so I, 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 as I do, I try to use the, uh, the idea of uh, the day, if it's one that is a holiday or whatnot, uh, I try to incorporate it into the, uh, into the message to bring context to it. Uh, and so one of the things that I, that I want to speak on this morning is about a legacy. And this legacy is a father's legacy. And let me say to you right now that there's no greater legacy that a father can leave to, uh, to his children uh, than a, a legacy of faith. And so this morning the lesson is a faith, faith, a father's legacy. And I think David helps us to understand the significance of that as David is very descriptive uh, in his uh, direction and his encouragement uh, to Solomon, uh, his son. Uh, uh, David leaves something with us and he leaves something for Solomon to, uh, to meditate upon, to think about, to consider. Uh, as he grows and as he matures as a man of God, as he matures as a father, uh, David helps him to understand some things about himself. And we know that God has said many times concerning David that David is a man after his own heart. You may recall that even when David was selected to be king uh, after Saul had uh, uh, not fulfilled what God had expected, David was selected be, to be king. And out of all the sons that Jesse had, God chose David. And one of the things that God made the, sure that the prophet knew about David, God said that he does not look on the outward man, but God looks on the inward man. God looketh on the heart. And so when we talk about uh, a father's legacy, and we are talking about it in terms of faith, we need to understand that we're talking about something that is of the heart. We're not talking about something that somebody just does, or someone, if you will, uh, just, just acts out on. But we're talking about something that is real to that individual, something that is part of that individual. A father's faith is not something that he just does, it is something that he is. And so David makes sure that, he under, that Solomon understood that there are some principles, there are some things, some attributes, some elements of being a faithful man of God. And I think that as we as fathers continue to mature in our own journey, amen, uh, as still learning how to be better fathers, amen, uh, but at least we understand where the building blocks are of fatherhood. Amen. And let me tell you something. The building blocks of fatherhood cannot be found in a book of psychology. It cannot be found in a book of sociology. Amen. 
It cannot be found in the book of behaviorism or human behaviorism, amen. Uh, but what you can do is go to God's word and you can find some good building blocks in order to learn how to be a father. And so David makes it clear to Solomon, his son. David, if you will, the text is very clear. And if it's not, help, let me help you along the way here in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse number 1. And as I get into my text, let me go ahead and ask my, my favorite question in the morning nowadays. Uh, how many of you guys have your Bible with you? All right. Amen. Amen. How many guys have your iPhone with the Bible app open? Amen. All right. That's good. All right. You can just all right to have your iPhone as long as the Bible app is open. Amen. Uh, and so in 1 Kings chapter 2, what do we find here in verse number 1? David makes it very clear that there is an appointment that every father, every man has uh, that he will not be able to avoid. And that is the appointment of death. One day we will leave here. Men will leave here. Amen. Mothers, you've had your day, so I'm not going to put on praise to you today. Amen. Uh, but but, but we, we, we're talking about the fathers. We're talking about the men. And, 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 and so we know that one day that, that um, uh, the man, the, the, the human being in general, dies. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27 said, is it appointed unto man once to die? And then after this, the judgment. Amen. And so we understand that there is a time, there is a, a moment in time that God has appointed for each and every one of us to pass from this life. Amen. And he calls it death. And the idea of death here is a physical death, not a spiritual death. We'll deal with that in a moment. But in, this, in the sense of the death dying here. We are talking about a physical death. One will pass from this life. One will cease to be animated in this body. Amen. This body will lay down for the last time and it won't, it won't be uh, risen ever again. For it goes back to the dust of the earth for which it came. Solomon makes it very clear who we speak about this morning. In the Ecclesiastes 12 text, Solomon lets us know very clearly that the body goes back to the dust of the earth. Uh, 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 but the spirit goes back to God who gave it. And so we need to understand that, that when we talk about here, the idea of dying here, the death <clears throat> that David is uh, addressing here, it is one of a physical death. But there's one thing that's special about David that the fathers, I think, can find encouragement in. Yes, David was going to die physically, but David was alive spiritually. Amen. So to die physically wasn't the issue. Amen. But to be spiritual, to be spiritually alive, amen, is something that God desires of each and every one of us, amen, where we can, we can die physically, but yet our spirit can live on in eternity. Amen. But that destination of eternity is based upon how we lived here upon the face of the earth. Amen. And our, our destination is, is determined by how we lived our life down here upon the face of the earth. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 makes it very clear that, it, uh, it is a, uh, uh, that, that we must all stand before the judgment bar of God and we have to give an account of the things that we've done in this body, in this body, in this physical body, this body that goes back to the dust of the earth from which it came. So when he says what we have done in this body, he must not be talking about the physical body in terms of who we are for our spirit, amen, has done something in this body. Lord have mercy. Because the body goes back to the dust of the earth. So in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, when he says we stand before the judgment bar of God and we have to give an account of the things that we've done in this body, who are the we if the body goes back to the dust of the earth? Who are the we giving account? It is the spirit that's giving an account. It is that which is eternal that's giving an account. It is that which is within us. It is it, What is within us is who we are. Not that which you see on the external. Amen. And the blessing of that is, is that we're all beautiful anyway in the eyes of God. Uh, but in case you didn't understand that, in case you, didn't believe, you don't believe that, understand one thing. God has never created anything ugly. God has created all things good. Everything is beautiful to God. Amen. And let me just, let me just drop this off while I'm flying over this territory. I'm not going to spend time long with it, young people. But if you're going on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the Internet trying to find somebody to identify you as being ugly or beautiful, you're in the wrong place. What you need to do is understand that God has identified you as being beautiful already. What God created in the book of Genesis, he said it was good. Amen. When he created the woman, he said it was very good. It was good then and it's very good now. Lord have mercy. 
And when you have a spirit that goes along with that body that God has given you, that is good. That spirit that God has that goes along with that body that is righteous, that spirit that goes along with that body that is godly, that spirit that goes along with that body that is long suffering, that spirit that goes along with that body that is meek, that spirit that goes along with that body that is loving kind, that spirit that goes along with that body that is uh, benevolent, that spirit is what God is talking about, that spirit that understands God's commandments, God's judgment. God's righteousness, God's laws, that spirit is what God is talking about. The body may go back to the dust of the earth. It will go back rather to the dust of the earth from which it came. But that spirit goes back to God who gave it. And so David says to Solomon, the the days draw nigh or near. Now the days of David drew nigh, near, that is the end of his life, that he should die. He made a charge to Solomon, his son, saying, you can see the father who is concerned about the 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 trajectory upon which his son should go. And so he gives his son a a foundation. He gives his child a foundation. He says, I go the way of all the earth. In other words, one day the whole earth shall be burned up in the firmaments therein. The earth is not going to be here forever. I know somebody, some folk are building houses and mansions and all this other stuff and setting up their bank accounts and thinking that they're going to live forever. But guess what? You don't. The world comes to an end. That which is physical, that which is material will come to an end. And all that will be left is that which is spiritual. That which is not seen will become eternity. But nevertheless, David says, I go the way of all the earth. But he says something to Solomon and he begins with this word. He says, be, be thou strong, therefore. And let me just say this to you as we go across this path of faith, a father's legacy. A father who has the faith that is of God needs to understand that an element of that faith is strength. It is strength. And let me tell you something. When you're dealing with the world that is judging you for every little thing that you do or don't do, you've got to be strong. Oh, amen. You've got to be strong. And, and, and especially when it comes to the man, to the male, amen, when it comes to the male of us, because, because let me tell you something. At the end of the day, God has placed this world, amen, in, in the, in when he created in the book of Genesis, when he created from the beginning, he gave Adam, he gave Adam the responsibility. The Bible makes it very clear that he gave Adam the dominion. Adam became king, if you will, in the garden of Eden. It was Adam that was given dominion. If you can't, if you're not a king, then you don't have dominion. And so we need to understand when he said he gave Adam dominion, he made him a king in his house, in the garden of Eden. And then he gave him a wonderful and a beautiful queen, and she too had dominion. And I'm glad that he gave him the queen and made her out of the out of the rib in his side, meaning that they stand together in this dominion. But Adam is still responsible for this dominion. Adam is still accountable for that dominion. Oh, hey, hey, amen when you can. Uh, She 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 has dominion with him and and she's working with him and she's a help meet for him. And I didn't say a piece of meat for him, amen. I said she's a help meat for him, amen. And she, she, and she, she, she is there with him, supporting him, encouraging him, amen. And he, uh, he gives that back in reciprocity, as uh, Ephesians chapter 5 says, uh, uh, No man ate, uh, ever hateth his own flesh, but loveth it and cherishes it as his own body. That is referring to his wife. And so he gives that back in reciprocity by loving her and caring for her. But nevertheless, responsibility and accountability of that dominion is on him. The man and he has to be strong because the devil is always lurking about amen devil's always lurking about but the man has to be strong he has to be here in his faith he has to understand he has to understand that, that that what god has given him and what god has provided for him that he needs to keep that which god has given him and he needs to keep it from the hands of satan and so he has to be strong it's faith 
has to be fortified with the element of strength. And I say to you that, that, that there's a time when, when men, when it comes to standing on the wall of faith, sometimes, and our brothers know this, they know where I'm going with this, sometimes you have to stand alone. Uh, but you still got to stay. Amen. When you when you when you're being strong, amen, it means that sometimes you have to be strong all by yourself. And when the house is upside down and the devil is making infiltration over the walls of, of, of your dominion, you still got to be strong. Because you have to stand for what's right. You got to stand for what the faith says. You got to stand as Solomon was told by David. He says, be thou strong, therefore. Be strong, Isaiah Chapter 40 gives us an understanding. The prophet Isaiah, as he writes to the children of Israel, when he speaks about the strength that is necessary to, 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 to overcome the issues of the world, to overcome judgment of the world, to overcome the wickedness and the influence of the world. Isaiah 40 and verses number uh, 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 26 helps us to Bring some context to that type of strength that God desires the man to have. In Isaiah 40 and verse number 26, he says, lift up your eyes on high. That's the first, when you're, when you're being strong, men, lift up your eyes. Don't hold your head down, hold your head up. Amen. Amen. Tupac said, keep your head up. But he said that to the sisters, but I thought I'd just borrow that for the brothers. <laughs> you need to keep your head up. Lift your eyes up on high and, and behold who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names by the greatness of his might for he, for that he is strong in power, not one failing. Let me tell you something. When, when it, when it comes to being strong, you can only be strong to the extent of your ability to be strong. But God, when he talks about being strong, when you've gotten to the end of your strength, we need God's strength to kick in. Be thou strong, therefore. Let me tell you something. When your gas runs out, you need an extra tank that is ever, uh, never ending and endless in its fullness. And that is God's. And look at verse number 27. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, as he speaks to the children of Israel and O, o Israel? And my judgment is passed over from my God. Has thou not known? Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary? When we talk about being strong, brothers, you can't get weary. Amen. Don't be running around here talking about I'm tired. You ain't got time to be tired. Amen. The Bible says, be not weary and well-doing. And let me just break this down. You know, I, I know that we, we work and we take care of our families and we're dealing with all the things of life. And yes, we get physically weary, but don't get spiritually weary. Stay strong spiritually. Amen. We get tired of folk and tired of ourselves sometimes. But spiritually, you got to be strong. And that's what he means by be not weary and well-doing and understand that that, 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 the, that the Lord's might, his strength, his power, it does not fail. And he says that, 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 that those, if you will, that, that know God, those who continue to trust in God, they fainteth not, neither is weary. And, and in this you might start thinking there is no searching of his understanding. In other words, you will never get to the point where you can fully comprehend all that God has given us. In all that God has done. But he has given us this Bible. And as long as he's given us this Bible, I can go and study more about what he has done. I can go and study more about what he has given us. And through that, as a man of God, I can be strengthened by knowing what God's will is. I can become better. I can become a better man. I can become a better husband. I can become a better father, a better citizen better neighbor. Amen. These are things that I can become better at as God's word 
strengthens me. Look what he says in verse number 29. He giveth power to the faint because let me tell you something. We know that the challenges of life are difficult, but he gives power to the faint. In other words, and to them that have no might, he increases, he increases strength. I just got to drop this off here. I said earlier that when you've gotten to the end of all that you can do, you need to be able to kick in the booster. And that booster is the Lord. Because let me tell you something, when you, when you get to the point where you can't understand all the craziness that's going on, you just got to say, Lord, here you go. I've done all I can do with it. It's, it's, uh, it's in your hands. Lord, strengthen me to move on from here. We used to say, we used to sing this song, lay your, lay, lay your burdens at the feet of the Lord and, and do what? And, and leave them there. Amen. Let me tell you something, Father. Sometimes, you know, and we, we men, you know, men always try to have we we we've been we've been groomed uh, to 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 think that we always have to have uh, an answer and ready answer to everything that goes on. I mean, we we are the solution people. Right. We don't want to talk long about it. Just Here's the solution. Amen. You know, let, let's move on from the discussion. Here's the solution and, and let's get it done. Well, God says, look, let me tell you something. Sometimes when you when you are growing as a man of God, you've got to get to the point where where we can we can we can work on the patience side of, of, of our strength. Amen. You got to work on the patience side. You get and, and, Lord, and, and let me tell you something from the pulpit to the pew. We still working on it. Still working on it. Nobody's perfect. We still working on it. Amen. Uh, but we still in that mindset where there's got to be a solution because we got to move from here. But God says. When you've gotten to the point where you're at the end of your strength, what you need to do is just turn to the Lord and, 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 and place it in the hands of the Lord. And, and when you place it in the hands of the Lord, here's the blessing. When you place it in the hands of the Lord, then you can begin to have patience. Because now that you've given it to the Lord, you say, Lord, you're going to handle it in your time. I'm going to keep moving and you're going to handle that in your time. You see, when one has strength, the element of strength in that person's faith, our faith always falls back on the position of God. Romans 10 and 17, when he says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, God's word says to the man, when you've gotten to the end of your strength, trust my strength and move on. Amen. That's the faith that a man needs to have. And that faith is a legacy that we leave for our children. For our sons, as the text says, verse number 30, quickly here, he says, even the youths, the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But but verse number 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a blessing? See, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the connection here. Here's the bridge that brings us together on this text and on this particular idea of the strength that is in faith. Look what he says here. He says, look, he says, when you get to the end of your faith, now your, 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 your tank is empty and now you're in the reserves, right? And now you're in the reserves because now you're, you're using God's strength. Amen. But look at God's blessing. God says, while you are in the reserves using my strength, I'm allowing you time for your strength to go back up. Ain't that a blessing? He said, I'm going to renew your strength. While you are holding fast in my strength, I'm going to renew your strength. Because you can't depend on me to continue to hold you up. I need you to get back out there and keep fighting. Don't lay down in the battle. Get up and fight. You can lay, you can, you can trust in my strength when you get to the end of your strength, but at the end of your strength and you're trusting in my strength, I'm renewing your strength so you can get back out there. Amen. Amen. That's a blessing. Amen. Amen. That's when we put our batteries in, plug our iPhones in the wall. Amen. I remember when, when, when we, at one time we didn't know about plugging no phone and no, no phone into no wall to be recharged. Hey, man, we had the rotary phone. You know how we used to be? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It had no battery with that. It need no battery. Nowadays, when we used our phone, we own our phone all the time, every time. You got a socket, you got a wall, you got a charger. <laughs> well, let me tell you something to you. Sometimes the old way is the best way. Even when technology seems to improve, it really don't prove what it needs to improve. And let me tell you something. When a man of God understands the old paths, amen, 
he, he's, in, he's in the best way. He's in the good way. Amen. That's why I say I say to these young men all the time, you, you all running around with your chest stuck out thinking that you know everything. You better turn to one of these old brothers and ask some questions. In, in Jeremiah chapter 6, Jeremiah talks about this strength when it comes to making sure that you go the right way. David said to Solomon, his son, that he went the way of all the earth. But he said, Solomon, he needs to show himself to be a man. And to show himself to be a man means that he needed to be, he made sure that he understood which way he needed to walk. And in Jeremiah chapter 6, the prophet Jeremiah says to the children of Israel, he says in interesting Jeremiah 6 and and verse number 15, he talks about, I'm going to start at verse number 14. And he says, they have reached, rather, they have healed also the hurt of my daughter, of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. He's talking about the false prophets, the false teachers that are giving false information to people. But nevertheless, verse number 15, he goes on and says, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them. Uh, they shall be cast down, saying, the Lord. Let me tell you something. If you haven't turned to the Lord when the Lord visits the next time, contrary to what the world may want you to believe, if you have not given yourself over to the Lord and live faithful lives, when God comes the next time, God's going to cast you down. He's not going to lift you up. But verse number 16 says in Jeremiah 6, 16, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? Walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But then there were those that says, we shall not walk therein. But let me tell you something. Jeremiah told us which way to go. Jeremiah says, you need to go back to the old paths. Where is the good way? The old paths were the paths that led from God, that were part of God's journey. The commandments, the statutes, the judgments. These things are the old paths. These are the old paths. And God says, that's where the good way is. But see, we've left the old paths for the new, the new hotness. Amen. Whatever, whatever seems to be well, uh, 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 on the cutting edge. And we, we, even when it comes to religion, we, we've left those things that, that grounded us and, 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 and fortified us and strengthened us for the new thing thinking that these new things were better than the old things. Where God says, the old path is where the good way is. Because in the old path are judgment. In the old path are commandments. In the old path is righteousness. Solomon was told by David, you need to keep the commandments of the Lord. Going back to 1 Kings chapter 2. When you pick up verse number three, look what David charged Solomon with. Look what he says. These are the old paths. He says, and keep the charge of the Lord. Well, Jeremiah says, stand ye in the way. I I, I don't think he was suggesting. Jeremiah was given a directive. Stand ye in the way and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? Solomon was charged of the Lord thy God. He says, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in what? In his ways. The man of God, the the, the, the father, if he's going to leave a legacy, a legacy of faith, a righteous faith, he's got to know what the old paths are. Let me tell you something, there's a lot of new stuff out there. We got to know what the old paths say. This is what keeps you sound. This is what keeps you grounded. This is what this is what builds up the next generation's uh, uh, wall of fortification to resist the temptations of the devil. And keep the charge of the Lord. Solomon was doing all right in the beginning, but when he left the old paths, amen. Solomon was all right till he left the old paths. But when he left the old paths, we know what happened to Solomon. But he can't say that he wasn't given the, 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 the foundation and the understanding of where he needed to be. Because David left him a legacy. 
David left him a legacy of faith. David says, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways. To keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments. Get for me Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 1. In the New Testament text, he says, and keep the statutes and his judgments and commandments and, and his testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. That the Lord may continue his word, which he spake concerning me. Go ahead and read Ephesians 4 and verse number 1. What does Paul say to the church at Ephesus concerning this walking in this way? Come on, what does he say? Read. I therefore. I therefore. The prisoner of the Lord. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. Read. Beseech you. Beseech you. I'm begging you. I'm begging you, brethren. I'm begging you that you do what? Walk worthy. That you do what? Walk worthy. That you walk worthy. When, when, When David says to Solomon, keep the commandments of the Lord, walk in his ways. Keep his statutes. Keep his commandments. He's saying to Solomon, walk worthy. Walk worthy of this vocation wherein ye have been called. Read. Of the vocation wherein ye have been called. Mm-hmm. With all lowliness. With all lowliness. Read. And meekness. And meekness. With long suffering. Long suffering. Forbearing one another. Uh huh. Read. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. In the bond of what? In the bond of peace. They, uh, Jeremiah said that they run around saying that there's peace, peace, and there is no peace. Well, let me tell you something. There's no peace in the world, but there's peace in God. Man. There's peace in the Lord. And Ephesians chapter 4 helps us to understand that. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the peace in the, uh, of peace in the, uh, of the, uh, of the spirit in the bond of peace. And he, in Romans chapter 5, he says we have peace with God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have access into this grace. How? Through faith. Well, we have peace with God. There may not be any peace in the world, but there's peace in the Lord. Solomon lets us know. David lets us know. That he encouraged Solomon to keep, to keep his statutes and keep his commandments. Why is this so important? Why is this so important to our fathers? Because you're leaving a legacy behind. Yeah. You're leaving a legacy behind. Your sons, your daughters. And but this particular case, the sons who have the responsibility to carry on that legacy. Because the Bible says that they need to teach their sons' sons. It's a continual perpetuation of the teaching of God's word. And, 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 and somebody, if you will, has to, has to hold on to, to the teaching of God's word from generation to generation. Get Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 1. The, 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 the lesson once again, faith, a father's legacy. Strength, being strong. Keeping God's commandments is where we are now. Being strong is a spiritual strength. Keeping God's commandments is an idea of discipline. Let me tell you something. Not only do you need to be strong, but you need to be disciplined. Discipline carries with the idea of being committed. Let me tell you something. If you're not committed to something, you're not going to be disciplined about it. You got to be committed to the Lord. If you're going to be disciplined about his word. Moses is given the blessing to write in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 1. What does the Bible say? Read. Now these are. Now these are the commandments. Uh-huh. The statutes. Yes. And the judgments. Uh-huh. Which the Lord your God. Yes. Commanded to teach you. To do what? That you might do them. Wait a minute. That he commanded to do what? That you may teach you. That he commanded to do what? Teach you. Look. David only did that which God commanded to be done. Teach your sons how to be men. Lord have mercy. Teach your daughters how to be women. Teach your children. This is a father's legacy. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You can, you, can, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can say a lot about people because we, we are people who are very judgmental. That's the nature of humanity. But truly, only God is the judge. Yeah. Because we're going to stand before the judgment bar of God, not the judgment bar of you. So we seek to please the Lord. Amen. And if it is the case by me seeking to please God, you are blessed by that. Then that's a good thing. But my focus is to please the Lord. Your blessing is a byproduct 
of me focused on pleasing the Lord. Amen. When you can. And that's the same thing that comes. I, I, I know this isn't married couples day, but wives hang on. Don't 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 leave. Don't don't run out the door. Amen. But when a husband says that he loves you, that love that he has for you is a byproduct of the love that he has for God. Man. Let me tell you something. You want him to love God first. <laughs> Lord, I wish I had time. I wish I had time. Do you love me more than God? You want an affirmative yes. <laughs> yes, I love God more than you. <laughs> I love God more than you because whatever comes out from God, that's a byproduct of my love for God. You getting the cream of the crop. Amen. Amen. So, so, so sisters, when you ask your husband, do you love me above all else? Say, uh, yeah, everybody else except the Lord. And you ought to say, well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Love of God. Is what God desires when it comes to a man who is 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 has strength and he and he is building up his strength and that love that he has the, of, of God's word. It is God's word that drives him. If you love me, God says, keep my commandments. And when God when when a man says, I love you, Lord, and I'm keeping your commandments. Let me tell you something. Wives, you ought to be in that man's corner. You ought to be in that corner. So today, when you go out and celebrate your husband, remember, you're supposed to be in his corner. <laughs> the husbands, I'll collect the check at the door. <laughs> but you need to be in that corner. Because they, when men of God love the Lord, that's a blessing. Amen. Because that changes generations. When a man of God loves the Lord, that changes generations. Not just the moment in time, but it changes all time. Because he's planting the seed that will continue to grow. There's a poet who once said that we plant the seed of trees under which we may never sit. When we plant the seed of faith, brothers, husbands, men, males, when we plant the seed of faith in the world, when we plant that word of God in the heart of, 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 a, of a soul, you have done something that you may never see the fruit of. But you've done what God has commanded. Man. Because you taught somebody. Man. And what a blessing for a father to teach his son, his children, what it means to be faithful to the Lord. Man. So we're back in Deuteronomy and he says what? He says, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you. Read. That you might do them. That you might what? Do them. See, it's not just about saying something. It's about doing something. Let the manifestation of your actions be based upon what it is that you believe. And let what you believe be based upon what God has commanded and what God has given in his word. To teach you that you might do them. Read. In the land, mm -hmm. whether you go to possess it. Where you go to possess it. Read on. That thou mightest fear the Lord. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. And the word fear here is not uh, 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 limited to the idea of fear in terms of being horrified by the actions of what God can possibly do as he is an awesome God. But the fear here also encompasses the idea of reverencing God. Yeah. You know why we come to worship? We don't come to worship because we are afraid of God. Yeah. We come to worship because we fear God. Yeah. We have a reverence for the Lord. The church comes to worship because it reverences the Lord. Yeah. And the father leads that charge. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The father leads that charge. Get up. It's time to go to worship. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Get up. It's time to go to worship. And let me tell you something. When 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 you in a house, when you're in a house and 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 and, and let me for, for our young men, for our young men, that just let me just drop this off. Just let me drop this off for you. You, you, you can't have two kings in one castle. Can't have two roosters in a hen house. Can't have two kings in a castle. When you get to the point where you can't follow after what the king has decreed, then you need to go find your own castle. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to drop this off for you, young men, because at some point you got to become a man. Amen. Amen. And that means that you know, I'll just use my own you know, example. You know, when I was coming up in my house and you know, I was getting ready to graduate from high school and, 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 and dad had his own had my own plans for myself and end of that week when I got my first paycheck I walked through the door my father was sitting behind his bar hey, he wasn't a member of the body of Christ he was behind his bar amen uh, amen he was sitting behind his bar and he says to me I hope you have somewhere to turn your gas on this evening I was like oops yeah because it was look you can't have two kings in one house it wasn't that he didn't love me it wasn't that he didn't, he didn't wish the best for me, but there can only be one decision maker of the household. And when that decision maker's faith is based on God's word, then God's word needs to reign. Yeah. It takes a man of strength, being strong, a man of discipline, a man who is committed to God to say to his house, I don't care what the world says, but for me and my house, we're going to obey the Lord. It, it takes a man of strength to do that. It takes a man of commitment, a man of discipline. When my father said to me it was time for me to go, I understood. There's too many kings in the house. I started making independent decisions beyond him. And when you start making independent decisions beyond the Lord, you got to go. Amen. Mm. Don't, don't, don't look at me like that. Y'all look at me like there ain't no Bible for that. I got to, I got to, I see, I got to go over to Revelations. I, so there's Bible for that. When you start making independent decisions beyond the Lord, it's, it's time to go. Amen. And, and that's where the challenge is when it comes, even, even to, to, to it, the, the biblical text helps us to understand that, that, that God will remove your candlestick. When you start going against the Lord, you're going to get your game. Look, and God is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Y'all can say amen when you can. I know I'm in the text. In, in Revelation chapter 1, drop down, if you will, to, to verse number uh, uh, 18. The Bible says in Revelation uh, 1 and verse number 18, the Bible says what? Read. I am he. I am he. That liveth. Uh-huh. And was dead. Yes. And behold. Uh-huh. I am alive forevermore. Read. Amen. Mm-hmm. And have the keys of hell. I have the keys of hell. And of death. Read. Write the things uh -huh. which thou hast seen. Yes. And the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. Read. The mystery of the seven stars, uh -huh. which thou sawest on thy right hand. Yes. And the seven golden candlesticks. Mm -hmm. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Read. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the are seven, the seven churches. churches. Chapter two, verse number one says what? Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. These things said that he, he that walketh in the midst of the what? He that holds the seven stars in his right hand, read. Who walketh in the midst of the seven, seven golden candlesticks, read. I know thy works. I know thy works. And thy labor. Uh-huh. And thy patience. Read. And how thou canst not bear them, mm -hmm. which are evil. Read. And thou hast tried, tried them, them, which are what? They are apostles. And are not. And are not. Read. And has found, found them, them liars. Them. Read. And has borne and has patience, patience for my namesake. Labor. Read. Uh-huh. Read. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. Against, against thee. Read. Because thou hast left thy first love. Come on, read. Remember, therefore, mm -hmm. from whence thou art fallen. Read. And repent. And repent. And do the, do the first works, or else I will what? I will come quickly. Uh-huh. Huh? Move Don't be afraid to read it. It's right there. <laughs> God said, if you can't get along with what I've done, I'm going to remove your candlestick. Now, don't be looking at me. The king of the king says, look, if you're going against what I got going on, then somebody got to go. Man. And when you, when you can't have two kings in one house. You can have two kings in one house. And, and so because there are commandments, there are statutes, there are judgments, there are laws that, that God has ordained and that God has commanded. And so if we are going to be in the Lord's house, if we're going to be part of God's house, then we have to submit to what the king has decreed. Yeah. And just like our own personal houses, as I go back to the physical. When a man is in his own house. When you have two men in their own house, you have the king in his own house. You can't have two kings in one castle, in one house. One has to be a prince. And when that prince gets to the place where that prince needs to be able to, feels that they want to have their own house, and that prince needs to go out and build their own castle. Yeah. Why is that important? Because David says to Solomon, I'm getting ready to pass 
Notice that David was saying, there's a transition that's going to happen. There's a process of transition that's going to happen. I'm getting ready to pass. You are now going to be the head of the house. Lord have mercy. That's what David's sharing with Solomon. You're going to be the head of the house. You've got to be strong. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to be committed to the Lord. And if you don't do these things, God's going to remove your candlestick. Let me say something to you, young men. If you don't stand strong with God, God will remove your candlestick. I don't have time to deal with it this morning. Our time is running out. But let me tell you something. When God says that, that uh, 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 children obey your parents that are in the Lord, but this is right, for this is the first commandment with promise that your life may be long upon the face of the earth. Let me tell you something. There used to be a time when we said that young men, especially black young men, I'll go ahead and say it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a statistical fact. When you look at, the, look at the, 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 the number of black young men that are dying in the world, you need to ask a question. That one question is, where is the father where's the father where's the father for their life will be long upon the face of the earth if they don't get the foundation if they don't get it then they have no chance but if they get the foundation at least they got a chance they have choices to make but at least they have a chance. But if they don't get the foundation at all, they have no chance. No chance. Out of Revelations, back into Deuteronomy chapter 6, where we were talking about the, the generational changes, he says uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, when he says to the children of Israel, he says what? Go ahead and read. Thou thou must fear the Lord you thy must God, fear the Lord thy God. To keep all his statutes. To keep all of his statutes. And his commandments. And remember, if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. Come on, read. Which he command thee. Which he command thee. Thou and thy son. Thou and who? Thy son. Who did he command? Thy son. Who are we supposed to teach? Thy son. The sons. The children. Come on, read. And thy son's son. And thy, look. <laughs> For they can teach the son's sons. Your grandsons and great-grandsons and great-great-grandsons. And in other words, it was supposed to be perpetuity across time. The foundation will always be laid in the next generation before the one passes. The generation coming behind it will already have the truth of God's word planted in them and ingrained in them so that they will grow up on that foundation of God's word. As 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, Paul tells the church at Corinth, no foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ. If a man wants to leave a legacy for his sons, if a man wants to leave a legacy for his wife, if a man wants to leave a legacy for the world, then he needs to leave a legacy of faith. Leave a legacy of faith. I'll just share this. We go to funeral services and everybody wants to get up and talk about how they knew so-and-so and what so-and-so used to do and what so-and-so used to be and what so-and-so did and what so-and-so did that. Very rarely, very rarely do we hear about faith. Was there a foundation of faith? If we want to be judged by what we do, then we should strive to be judged because of what we did because of faith. I'm going to read the rest of this and then I'm going to make a dash to Luke chapter 18 and I'm going to be done. The rest of Deuteronomy chapter 6 says what? All the days of thy life. And, and, and do it all the days of thy life. Come on, read. That thy days may be prolonged. That they that thy days may be prolonged. See, I already gave you Ephesians chapter 6 because I, I knew we, were, we weren't going to be able to get to all of it. But, but, but uh, the, the, the son, when we bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, that their life may be long upon the face of the earth, 
Deuteronomy said it is because we gave them the commandments and the teachings and the foundation of God. That's what David did for Solomon. He gave him the foundation and the teachings and the, uh, of the commandments of God. And based on that, uh, uh, it, it was to encourage him to understand that if he kept these things, if he continued to do these things, if he kept the commandment of God, that life would belong upon the face of the earth. And his faith would be found as a sweet smelling savor unto the Lord. But look at Luke chapter 18 as I hurriedly hear and close. And I want you to start at, uh, at verse number 6. I'll give you the context in a moment, but, but read verse, start at verse number 6 and read down through verse number 8 in Luke chapter 18 and verse number uh, six, six, 6 through 8. What does the Bible say? Read. And the Lord said. And the Lord said. Hear what the unjust. Hear what the unjust judge, judge saith. Read. And shall not God avenge, and shall not God avenge his own elect? Read. Which cry day and night mm-hmm. unto him. Read. Through, though he bear long with Though he them. bear long with them. Read. I tell you that he will avenge them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Read. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. When the Son of Man cometh. When the Son of Man cometh. Shall he find faith on earth? Shall he find faith on the earth? Let me tell you something. God is not looking to come back here to see how many houses we built. God is not looking to come back here and to see how many zeros are behind the one in our bank account. That is not what God is looking for. God is not not concerned about how many degrees we have. And there's nothing to, this is not to say that any of that is is wicked and evil. If If you use it in an evil and wicked way, then it becomes wicked and evil. But having it in of itself is not evil and wicked. You can be rich and not be evil and wicked. But how you use those riches, they can be used in an evil and wicked way. Yeah. Amen. So I don't have time to deal with all that. But, but, but let me tell you something. When, when, when God comes back, God ain't looking at whether or not you're rich. Yeah. Not in terms of material possessions. God is concerned about whether or not you're rich spiritually. Yeah. Have you changed your life? Have you prepared your soul for eternity? When God comes back, shall he find faith upon the earth? Whose responsibility is it to make sure that faith is upon the earth? Well, I think we read the scriptures. I, I, I believe he said fathers, yeah. husbands, men, teach your sons and your son's sons because they are the ones who are responsible for taking care of the household that they choose to build. I might as well say amen when you can. Yeah. Not trying to hurt nobody. I'm trying to help us. Mm-hmm. We need to stop letting the world shape and mold our minds after the, after the things of the world. And we need to let God's word begin to shape and mold our minds so we can save our young men. Yeah. Save our young men. It begins with the fathers. Laying a foundation of faith. And that foundation of faith is Christ. For there is no other foundation that can be laid than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Jesus says, when I come back, shall I find faith? Shall I find faith? And so how will he find faith? Well, the Bible is very clear in Romans 10 and 17. So then faith. Cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Luke chapter 8, verse number 10, 11 says that the seed is the word of God. We continue to plant that seed. We continue to build up the Lord in our own lives. So that when we begin to desire to have families and We go out and create those castles, those kingdoms over which we've given dominion, husbands. We make sure that we start with the right foundation. And that foundation is of faith. And that is the legacy that we want to leave. And let me say something to you as I close right here. One day we will all die. One day we're all going to leave here. But I share something about about the end of all things when my time comes and God desires to take me away from here 
all that is done, all that has been done. I pray that somebody gets up and says, aside from all of that, he was faithful. Because that is what matters most. Whether or not he was faithful. Because if I have been faithful unto the Lord, Revelations 2 and 10 says, be faithful unto death. And God will give us a crown of righteousness that fadeth not away. It doesn't matter how many degrees. It doesn't matter what jobs. It doesn't matter all of that stuff, the material thing. It matters whether or not I've been faithful. Yeah. That's what matters. I want my daughter to hear he was faithful. Yeah. I want my son to hear that he was faithful. I want my wife to hear that he was faithful. Because that is what matters. That is what's most important. And Paul tells us, it is so important that you got to fight for it. See, the devil ain't going to let you keep your faith without fighting for it. Don't look at me like that. Y'all know that the the devil's whole job is to steal your faith. Because he knows if he can take your faith, he got you. Amen. If he can take you away from the Lord, he has you. Amen. That's why you got to hold on. Paul said, I fought a good fight. Amen. Well, who was he fighting? <laughs> Paul says, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Amen. You know, we don't go fist to cuffs like we used to out in the street. Amen. We're fighting against spiritual wickedness. Amen. In high places, we're fighting against the devil. The devil's putting all kinds of, of, of scandal laws at his traps in front of us. We got to fight. You got to, and he's doing it because he want to take your faith. The Lord told Peter that the devil desires to have you, to sift you as wheat. Because he wanted to take his faith. When Judas died, someone says, oh, Judas died because he sold out the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. That ain't why Judas died. Judas died because he left his faith. He said, I betrayed the son of God. That's what happened to Judas. He left his faith. The devil had him. Once you lose your faith, you are susceptible to do anything and everything. You got to hold on to your faith. And Paul says, you got to fight for it. In 2 Timothy 4, Paul said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith yeah. held on to it yeah. held on to the word of God which is the faith and my faith was based on the faith and so I was alright yeah. I kept the faith fought a good fight he says I had to finish this course I had to finish it and brothers let me tell you something let me tell you something husbands let me tell you something fathers when you begin this journey it is a it is a it is not a hundred meter dash It is a marathon. Amen. It takes a long time. It takes a pr- and every day we grow just a little bit more. Amen. Just a little bit more we grow. And the blessing is, is that you can take that growth that you, that you achieve in your lifetime and you can pass it on to your children. Amen. That's the legacy that you leave behind. Paul said, I had to fight this fight. I had to finish my course. I had to keep the faith. And he says, henceforth, you see, that's, there's the blessing. Henceforth, there's a crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. What day? The day of judgment. And not only unto me, but also unto all those who love his appearing. My hope and my prayer is, is that if God sees us worthy to enter into heaven's glory, that we won't arrive at the gate by ourselves. That we can look around and we can see a whole lot of folks. That whose lives we influence. Yeah. Let me end right here. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. Well, let's see how Paul fought this fight. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse number 27. I'm done right here. I'm done right here. I'm done. I'm done right here. Today's Father's Day. Y'all just going to go out and have lunch and have chicken? <laughs> that chicken ain't going nowhere.
27, uh, start at verse number 26. Read through 26 through uh, uh, 28, but go on and read. What's the Bible say? Read. I therefore. I therefore. So run. So run. Not as uncertainty. I, I got to be disciplined when I run, Brother Joseph. I'm in a marathon. I got to be disciplined. I can't be running all crazy. I got to have my stride together. Don't be running in other folks' lane either. Amen. Man. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Not as one that beateth the air. <laughs> Come on, read. So fight I. And I fight. The devil's on my heels. He got traps ahead of me. Man. But I got to fight this fight. And I got to keep running. Man. Come on, read. Not as one that beateth the air. Not as one that beateth the air. Y'all know, know Muhammad Ali. Cassius Clay. Some of y'all young people, I don't even know who those folk are. That's all right. <laughs> Muhammad Ali had a very interesting way of boxing. That's why he was a champ. He was a champion's champ. And Muhammad Ali knew when to stand toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Amen. Yeah. He it would float like a butterfly, <laughs> sting like a bee. <laughs> He knew when to stand toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And sometimes you got to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil. You just Amen. can't run. You just, you just got to stand. And Ephesians saying, stand ye therefore. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you got to stand. You just got to fight the devil. As a husband, sometimes you just got to stand and you just got to do what's right. Everybody in the house mad, but you still got to do what's right. Amen. I, you just got to stand. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta stand, you and you gotta fight. You gotta fight. But then Muhammad Ali knew when to stick and move. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta hit the duck, you walk up and just move. You know, you, you, you gotta do that. You, you've got to be able to understand when the Word of God puts you in a position where He wants you to be face to face, and then you know when He says you gotta be patient. You just stand. You you, you continue to be faithful. But you got to let the Lord handle stuff. Man. When Muhammad Ali was sticking and moving, some of y'all didn't understand this. But see, Muhammad Ali understood the idea of being conditioned, being uh, in shape. And he knew somebody, if he couldn't beat him because of strength, he beat him because of time. <laughs> so what he would do is he carry on rounds out long because eventually... The opponent would get weary, and then he'd come in and knock him out. <laughs> but that's where you got to look. Being gentle as a serpent, uh, being, being wise as a serpent, mm -hmm. but as gentle as a dog. You got to know how to fight the devil. Amen. And Paul said, don't be fighting not knowing how you fight. Paul says, I fight with discipline. I fight with commitment. I know what I'm doing. Not as one that beat at the air. But I keep under my body. I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. I'm disciplined when I'm fighting against the devil. I'm a husband trying to lead a household. I got to be disciplined. Man. I'm a man. Yeah. Trying to set a foundation for the world to see. Mm. One that is faithful before God. I've got to be patient. I've got to be committed to it. Come on, read. Bring it under subjection. And I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. At least by, by, any means, by any means, when I preach to others, I, preach to others I, myself I myself should be a castaway. See? And if the husband becomes a castaway, what happens to that family? Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This husband who is strong, this husband who walks after the Lord and keeps the charge of the Lord, this husband who is committed and disciplined. This husband is one who is giving himself over to the word of God. It's not something that he just does. It is something that he is. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He knows, this husband knows, that his reward is not down here. His reward is in heaven. So he doesn't seek to please men. He seeks to be a servant of God. 
Luke 13, 3 and 5 says, I tell you nay. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. This is a husband who understands that, that, that he's not perfect. Sometimes he'll fall. But his strength and he's strong enough to understand like David in, in, in the psalm when David said, Lord, he said, look, remove not thy spirit from them, from me, but create a new, a clean heart within me. Renew a right spirit within me. That husband knows when he falls short, he needs to go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. Because Luke 33 and 5 says, I tell you, Nate, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. But Acts 17 and 30, he commanded every man everywhere to repent. 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9, one day with God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day wishing none to perish, but that all should come unto repentance. That man knows that to begin to lead his house, in order to begin to lead his house, he has to come before God. He has to humble himself before the Lord. Let me tell you something. When your sisters, when you meet a man who has humbled himself before the Lord and that man is being faithful unto God, that's a good man. Because if he can be faithful to God, he can be faithful to you. Amen. If he, if he has no respect for God, I'm going to leave the rest of that to you. The Bible says we confess Jesus Christ to be the Son of God. Romans 10 and 9, with the mouth we confess Christ Jesus. Romans 10 and 10, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We acknowledge that Jesus is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is our Savior. He is our Lamb. And it's because of him we are who we are in the church, in the body of Christ. It's because of his blood. And his blood is in the watery grave of baptism. That's why we are baptized for the remission of our sins. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 7, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Galatians chapter 3, 26 and following says, Know ye not that many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. We put on Christ through the watery grave of baptism. It is the blood that cleanses us from all of our past sins so that we can do what? Romans chapter 6 says, Arise and walk in the newness of life. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We have a new lease on life that we can change the things that we used to do into that which is pleasing to God as opposed to that which was in conflict with we have peace with God and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. A father's legacy is faith. That faith consists of strength. It consists of discipline. It consists of commitment. And these, all these things are based on the foundation of God's word. It is at this moment, if you want to change your life, become the father that God wants you to be, you can come right now as we stand and sing the invitational song. Why don't you come? I'm 39.